Thank you for being here uh, today. If you have your Bibles, and I hope that you do, would you please take them and would you turn to Psalm 32? Psalm 32, as I mentioned um, this morning, next week um, is National Women's Ministries Day, and um, our guest speaker will be Debbie DiBianca. Debbie and Sal have been serving uh, Team Challenge here in North Carolina for many, many years, and, and they're just wonderful folks. Uh, most of you know them very well. We love them. And so we're very excited that they're going to be here with us uh, next week. So we want you to please be here uh, for that. And then in a couple of weeks, I will be, um, begin a uh, new series that will continue uh, until Easter. And so we're looking forward to beginning that series and moving into the Easter uh, season. And, uh, but this morning, I just want to share with you a few words of encouragement from God's Word that we find in Psalm uh, 32 and speak with you for just a few moments this morning about the importance of seeking the Lord. Um, and uh, the question of when is the best time to seek the Lord? When is the best time to seek Him? So if you have your Bibles open to Psalm 32, we're going to begin to read in verse number 6, okay? Therefore, let everyone who is godly offer prayer to you at a time when you may be found. Surely in the rush of great waters they shall not reach him. You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Be not like a horse or a mule without understanding, which must be curbed with bit and bridle, or it will not stay near you. Many are the sorrows of the wicked, but steadfast love surrounds the one who trusts in the Lord. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Let's pray. Father God, I just pray that... Lord, for the next few moments, you would speak to us, God, from your word. God, we desire, Lord, that steadfast love would surround us all the days of our life. Lord, we want to be glad, and we want to rejoice in the Lord. And so, God, we pray that this morning you would just speak to us, God, and that, Lord, uh, if there are any burdens, any cares, any concerns that we are carrying this morning that we would be able, we would have the faith, Lord, to cast those things upon you and that, Lord, we might experience your grace, that we might experience, Lord, your love and your mercy for us. Lord, I pray for anybody who's here this morning that does not know Jesus Christ, does not have a, a close, a personal relationship with the Lord. I pray that you would speak to them, especially today, reveal yourself to them, and that today, that, Lord, they might call on the name of the Lord and be saved. God, we pray these things, believing that they are your will, and asking that, God, you would do them. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And everyone said, Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, I, was, I heard a story one time about a man, uh, and you probably have heard uh, this story or one similar to it anyway, about a man who was walking down the street one day. It was a dark street. It was at nighttime. And he was walking down the street, and he came across a woman who was obviously searching for something underneath the street light. She was, had her head down. She was walking around looking at the ground, 
like this, obviously uh, looking for something. And so he asked the lady, uh, do you need any help? Can I help you with something? It looks like you're looking for something. Can I help you find something? She said, yes, please. I've lost a diamond earring and I'm looking for it. And uh, I need to find it. It's very expensive and and I need to find it. So he began to help her look for it. Started circling around and looking seeing if he could find uh, something that would catch the light. And so he helped her look for several minutes, and then after a couple of minutes, he, after not finding anything, he finally uh, looked at the lady and said, Ma'am, he said, are you sure that you lost it uh, here? Are you sure that this is where you lost it? She said, oh, no. She said, I lost it across the street, but the light is much better here. <laughs> uh, well... Uh, when you're looking for something, how many knows that the first thing is, is to know what you're looking for? Amen. Second, second thing is make sure you're looking in the right place uh, to find what uh, you are, you're looking for. However, having said that, uh, that lady was, was on to something that um, this passage actually teaches uh, as well, I believe. And, and I believe that that is uh, this, that the best time to seek for the Lord is when the conditions are favorable to do that. Amen? Where the conditions are favorable, the time that is favorable to seek the Lord. Now, we've, we've just come through a revival, and, and during that revival, we were challenged. Amen? Can you say amen? And refreshed, and the Lord moved mightily in people's hearts and, and lives. We saw him accomplish some great things uh, in people's lives and in our church as well. And many of us Prepared for revival because we began to pray before a revival. And how many knows that's a good time to pray? And when you're heading into revivals, to pray that God would show up and that God would do a, a mighty work. So many of us prepared for a revival with praying, by, by fasting, for seeking after the Lord for a move of His Spirit. And how many knows He did move? Thank God. But I believe this. I believe that He's not finished moving. I believe he's not finished with us, that he has more that he wants to do, and therefore we should not be finished with our praying. And we should not be finished with our seeking after God. The passage that we've just read says this, Let everyone who is godly offer prayer to you at a time when you may be found. I want you to see this morning that the godly understand that the best time to seek the Lord is when it is convenient to do so. Now, when I say when it is convenient to do so, I do not mean that the godly seek the Lord when it is convenient for their schedule or for their time. I, I do not mean that they wait until it fits into their agenda or until it fits with their schedule. I mean that the godly learn to seek the Lord early and they do not wait until trouble or adversity. They do not wait to seek the Lord. In fact, uh, in other words, uh, the godly get to Him before the trouble and adversity gets to them. Did you catch that? The godly seek the Lord before trouble and adversity finds them. Because the very next phrase says this, surely in the rush of great waters they shall not reach him. In other words, uh, it is saying if we wait, if we wait until we are neck deep in adversity or trouble, it may be too late to seek the Lord. 
So the godly, don't, uh, the godly do not wait until it's too late. The godly do not wait until they're neck deep in water to look for help and to seek the Lord. The godly begin early seeking after God when he may be found. Not until tr- not, they do not wait until trouble or adversity comes. I, I read a, an article the other day about um, the conditions uh, in Detroit and, and how deplorable the conditions have become uh, in Detroit. Uh, Detroit used to be, I think, if I'm remembering the article correctly, Detroit used to be the fourth largest city uh, in the United States, and it is way further down the list uh, now as people have, have been uh, leaving the city of Detroit in droves because of the violence, um, because of the poor economy there, uh, because of the deplorable conditions in the schools and the city and, and such. And the article that I read just paints a, a sobering picture, uh, and it warns that Detroit is just an example of some of the, the kind of blight that is coming to other areas in our country uh, as well. Uh, but the article points out that because the city is broke, for instance, uh, it says because they're broke that some police precincts in the city of Detroit, they operate only from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. And then at 4 p.m., they. They turn off the lights, they close the doors, turn off the, the telephones, and uh, they don't open again until 8 a.m. Uh, the next morning. Uh, and uh, in fact, some parts of the city have essentially, essentially been handed over to uh, drug lords and gangs and um, uh, as police officers uh, refuse, actually refuse to respond to some precincts uh, of the city after dark because it's just so violent. And it's so dangerous there in the city. Now, can you, can you imagine for a second uh, being in an emergency and calling 911 and getting an answering machine? <laughs> or, being, or being told, I'm sorry, uh, we can't send help where you're at right now. Um, the only time that you call the police, or at least me, anytime I call the police is when I'm in trouble and I need help. Amen. <laughs> I don't want to call the police and hear, I'm sorry, we can't help you. I'm sorry, we can't send anybody to see you. But you know, unfortunately, that's the only time that some people ever call on God is when they're in trouble and when they need help, when they're neck deep in the water and about to go down. That's when they finally say, well, I guess I, I, guess I finally need to pray. I've done everything that I know to do, and now I'm in trouble, and so now I better hit my knees, and I, begin to, I'm, I need to begin to pray and, and call out. How many knows that's too late to start praying? Amen? We ought not wait until conditions get to that point before we begin to call on the name of the Lord. But that's, that's uh, how so many people, they think the best time to seek the Lord is when you're in trouble. Or when you're in, ad, in adversity or when the waves are crushing you and, and splashing around your, around your face. Thank God that he hears us even then when we do call out to him. Aren't you thankful for that? That when we are in trouble, when we are in adversity, when we do call out to the Lord, thank God he does hear us. Can you say amen? amen. But we ought not wait until then. This verse is not saying that God will not answer us. When we are in trouble, it is saying that the godly do not wait until it becomes so bad uh, that they call out 
on the Lord. It is saying that the godly seek him early before the storm starts, before the waters start to rise. The godly begin to call out on the Lord when he may be found and when he may be heard. Because, and because they seek him early, uh, because they seek him before the storm comes, then the Bible says they enjoy peace during the storm. They're surrounded by what? Love and mercy and grace and peace because they have learned to seek the Lord when he may be found. Amen. Do you know what? Uh, when is the absolute worst time to try to buy bread and milk in the city of Dunn? Anybody want to take a guess? <laughs> it's when the snow has already fallen, right? <laughs> it's absolutely the worst time to try to find bread uh, or milk. If you wait until the storm starts, then chances are you're going to have to go without, right? <laughs> but uh, if you're smart enough to keep plenty of bread and milk at home, or if you're smart enough to get the bread early or the milk early before the storm starts, then how many knows you can sit at home by the fire enjoying the warmth of the fire while others are out scurrying around trying to find preparations for their home and for their family. This is, that's the lesson of this passage here in Psalm 32, that the godly, the godly do not wait for an emergency to seek God. The godly don't wait for the storm to hit. The godly person does not wait for the water to rise. They don't come to him in, in, a, in a state of panic and fear and wonder, oh God, what am I going to do? You've got to help me in this situation. They don't wait for the conditions to, to get there. They approach the Lord early with faith and with confidence to receive from him the grace that they will need in a time uh, of trouble and adversity in their life. And again, now listen, I don't want you to, to think this morning that I'm saying that God does not come to us or that God does not hear us when we cry out to him during a time of trouble. He certainly does. That's not the point that I'm, that I'm making. But there are a couple of problems with 911 calls. When we wait until the water's at our neck to cry out to God, there's a couple of problems uh, with that. And we see those in this passage. First of all, those cries, those 911 calls uh, to God, thank God he answers them. Many times he answers them and he comes to our rescue. But the first problem with those 911 calls is that they might not, they may not be sincere. Um, while Tim Todd was preaching one night, he said uh, something in way of passing. He said, how many knows there's no atheist in foxholes? And, and that's true, isn't it? Uh, when we're in trouble, when we're in adversity, when the bullets are flying, that's when we call out on God and we say, God, help me, deliver, deliver me. But you know what I've learned? I've learned that there are some atheists that cry out to God in the foxhole, but when the bullets stop flying and the shells stop exploding, they crawl out of the foxhole and they forget about God, don't they? They just, they just cry out to God because of the emergency that they're in, the problems that they're in. Now, that's not true of, of every foxhole prayer. How many of you have ever prayed a foxhole prayer before and God has answered it? <laughs> I have. <laughs> and thank God he's answered. So it's not true of every foxhole prayer. It's, it's not true of every deathbed uh, conversion. I, have a, I had a, a wonderful opportunity to pastor some 
uh, Ukrainian refugees in Bristol while I was pastoring there in Bristol. And uh, they were refugees because they were Pentecostal believers in the former Soviet Union and they were persecuted as such. They had to meet literally in the wilderness and in the woods uh, to have their worship services because if the police found them, they would, they would arrest them. Um, while they were in the Ukraine and under those uh, conditions, their pastor was a man of God and they told me some about him. And he was a man uh, that was converted to Christ quite literally in a foxhole while he was serving in the Soviet Red Army. He was in a foxhole, the bombs were bursting around him, the shells were flying, and he prayed in that foxhole. He said, God, if you get me out of this, I'll serve you, and I'll serve you with my life. The next person that jumped in that foxhole was, yes, a Christian that led him to the Lord. And after he got out of the army, after that man got out of the army, went back to his village, and he began to pastor a small church and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Was thrown into prison several times after that for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. So thank God every foxhole prayer is not insincere, amen. Every deathbed conversion is not insincere. I've, I've counseled with some who after learning they've had a terminal illness, they've, they've been concerned and they've said, Pastor, I'm, I'm not sure that God will accept me now if I repent because now I feel like maybe I'm just going to repent. Maybe I'm just going to give my heart to the Lord because I'm on my deathbed. And I was happy to share with them the story of, of the thief on the cross and how when he repented, Jesus said, Today you will be with me in paradise. Amen. But perhaps for every one of those sincere prayers, perhaps for every one of those sincere uh, conversions that, were pro that, that took place at a time of impending crisis or death. There are also prayers that are offered only as desperate attempts in the face of immediate danger, and they're insincere. And the Lord sees that, and he knows that. And too, for, too often, unfortunately, those prayers are forgotten, those commitments are forsaken as soon as the danger passes. As soon as the sun comes out, the person comes up out of the foxhole and says, I made it, and they go back to their former way of living. But listen to me this morning. The godly are not those who seek God only in foxholes. The godly are not those who seek God only during revivals. The godly are not those who seek God only in times of emergency. The godly are those who seek him while he may be found. They seek God early, and they seek God often. Uh, another problem with those uh, 911 calls to God is that, is that sometimes they can be too late, can't they? Sometimes those calls can be too late. In fact, most 911 calls are made <laughs> uh, after a crime has been committed, right? Most 911 calls means uh, that something has already been stolen, right? Means that, that somebody has already been hurt, somebody has already been injured, that a crime has already taken place, that something has already been destroyed, that somebody, sometimes somebody has already died or been killed. And even though the emergency response comes, how many knows there's no taking that back? There's no changing the consequences of what took place uh, that precipitated that 911 call. Now, wouldn't it be great if you could see a crisis before it developed? 
Wouldn't it be great if you knew beforehand that somebody was going to break into your house and steal some of your stuff? Wouldn't it be great if you could see that? Then you could call the police up and you could say, I'd like to report a crime. They'd say, what happened? you say, oh, it hasn't happened yet, but it's going to happen tonight at my house. And I want you to come over to my house, oh, say around uh, 9.30. And the police come over to your house at 9.30 and you sit in the kitchen and you can just eat some uh, donuts and, coffee, and drink some coffee, right? <laughs> And then pretty soon you hear somebody prying open your back door and you can go in the living room and when the person comes in your back door, you can flip on the lights and say, hey, surprise, we've been waiting on you. <laughs> and the police could throw him in cuffs and take him out of the house. Wouldn't that be nice if you could foresee those kind of things so that you could prepare in advance for those and cry out to help before uh, it even happened? Of course, uh, we, can't, we can't do that. Or wouldn't it be nice if... Um, the police department in, in Dunn could provide 24-hour surveillance for every home and for every business in the city of Dunn. <laughs> How expensive would that be, uh, Mayor? <laughs> of course, we, it can't be done. That can't happen. But listen, but it's not impossible for God. It's not impossible for God. In fact, he says in this passage what? He says, I will counsel you with my eye own you. God keeps his eyes on the godly. God provides 24-hour surveillance to those who are godly enough to know to cry out to the Lord when he can be found, while he may be heard. Uh, when you wait until you're troubled to cry out to God, he can save you. He does save you. But unfortunately, sometimes it's too late to prevent some of the consequences that take place in our life when we wait too long to cry out to God. Things that are damaged, things that take place. How many knows that when we cry out to God, He does save us out of adversity and trouble? But unfortunately, we sometimes bear the scars of the injuries that we receive for waiting too long, right? Sometimes we have to bear the consequences of waiting too long to cry out uh, to God. So he does save us, but it means that you may have to live with already the damage that has been caused by the thief that the Bible says breaks in to steal and to kill and to destroy. Or you can avoid all of that by calling on the Lord early. Calling on the Lord when he may be heard. Seeking after him when he may be found. And know that you have 24-hour surveillance by God Almighty. You see, there are, there are problems with 911 calls. They might not be sincere. They, they may come too late to prevent the consequences that sometimes happen when we wait too long. And occasionally, occasionally, 911 calls are are not even answered. I did a quick search um, on Google. Uh, what did we do before Google, right? <laughs> I did a, a quick search on Google, uh, Google, not Google, uh, Google, on unanswered 911 calls. And the first page of, result, uh, of results revealed uh, three news stories of when 911 calls went unanswered. Uh, one, one story was from Minnesota where multiple calls to 911 were left unanswered. And they, um, 
during a workplace shooting where a man went in and killed five people. And 911 calls, multiple 911 calls were left unanswered during that crisis. There was another one that came from Texas where a man was struck by a car after he had called 911 to get assistance and no one answered uh, the call. Another one was from North Carolina where, uh, where a little baby died after a family tried repeatedly to get emergency responders to the house because the baby was unresponsive, but the calls to 911 went unanswered and the baby died. Now those stories are tragic and they break our heart, but they remind us, they remind us of an important fact, and that is that not every call for help gets answered. Do you hear me? Not every call for help gets answered horribly, but unavoidably there are some calls that do go unanswered. Now this is a this is a lesson that has a chilling application from God's Word. I tried to assure you this morning, and, and I believe this, that, that when we cry out to God, God hears us, even when we do wait until we're in trouble and in adversity. Um, and I believe that, but there is coming a day, there is coming a day when people will cry out for help and there will be no help available. There is coming a day when people will cry out to God, and God will not answer them. In Revelation, the book of Revelation, you don't have to turn there, but in the book of Revelation, water is used as an image of the devil's wrath that is poured out during the time of tribulation. The, the images of a flood of water that comes from the devil, of, of his wrath during this time of tribulation. And although that we, we know that God has promised that he will never destroy the, the world again uh, with water, the image of water being poured out as a flood is a compelling reminder to us uh, that there is coming a day when this world will be destroyed again. There is coming a day when wrath will be poured out. And, and Jesus says, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of man. How many remember the days of Noah, the story about Noah? God commanded Noah to build an ark for him and his family, and after he built the ark, the Bible says that Noah and his family went into the ark before the flood started, before the rain began. They went into the ark, and God himself shut the door of the ark. And then the rain started, the floods started, and Noah and his family, thank God, were were safe in the ark before the rains fell, before the floods broke up open. But how many knows there were, there were those that were on the outside of the ark that were, that were too late in their cries for help? And I can imagine, although the Bible doesn't elaborate on it, I can imagine that they beat on the doors and they screamed at the top of their lungs, to get into the ark, open the door. Oh, don't you know that we're drowning, we're dying out here? But Noah couldn't do anything about it. God had shut the door. And unfortunately, on that day, their calls for help went unanswered. And I believe that there is coming another day 
when the wrath is going to be poured out on this world and people are going to cry out for help. And unfortunately, their cries will go unanswered. Now, the good news is that I believe, in fact, based on the analogy from Noah and the ark, that I believe that before that day comes, before that wrath is released on this earth, I believe Jesus Christ is coming back to carry his church to safety. Amen. And I want you to know that I'm looking for that day, aren't you? I'm looking up. I believe that day is coming very, very soon. Listen, there's no one that's here today that has any kind of sense of biblical prophecy that can't look around and understand that these times are the last days that we're living in, that Jesus Christ is coming very soon. So I'm here this morning to warn you, to tell you, seek the Lord now while he may be found. Amen? Come into the ark now before the door is shut, before Jesus Christ comes and takes his church back. Amen? Call out on the Lord now because there's coming a day when if you're still here then you're going to lift up your voice and you're going to cry out for help and you're going to cry out for mercy but unfortunately your call may go unanswered so now is the time to call on the lord the bible says the godly seek the lord while he may be found what is the best time to seek the lord now Today is the day of salvation. Don't wait until tomorrow. Don't wait until next week. Don't wait until next year. Young people, don't wait until you're, you're older. You think, well, when I get married and settle down, then I'll join a church and I'll sit. Listen, don't wait until it's too late. Now is the time to seek the Lord. Amen? The godly seek him while he may be found. I'm going to ask you if you would to bow your head, close your eyes. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer. And I want to give two opportunities for you to respond this morning. If you're here and you do not know Jesus Christ, if you're here and you do not have a close, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, then today is the day. This is the best opportunity for you to call out on the Lord. If you're here this morning and say, Pastor Tim, I'm not sure that I'm ready. If Jesus Christ were to come back today, I'm not sure that I'm ready to meet him. There's, there's sin in my life. I know there's disobedience in, in my heart. And, and I know that I've not surrendered myself to Jesus Christ. I'm not serving him. And if he were to come back today, I can't say with certainty that I know that I'm ready to meet him then I'm reaching out to you this morning. I'm begging you. I'm pleading, you, pleading with you as, as best I know how not to wait until it's too late. But today, today call on the Lord. Seek Him with all of your heart because when you seek after Him, you can find Him. When you call out on Him, He will answer. So if you're here this morning and say, Pastor Tim, Today is the day I know that I need to get my heart, my life right with Jesus Christ so that I'm ready to meet him when he comes. I want you to slip up your hand and say, would you pray with me so that I can leave this service today knowing that my heart is right, that I'm in the ark, so to speak, 
and that I'm serving Jesus Christ. Slip up your hand and I'll pray for you this morning. And you can leave here this morning knowing, knowing that you're His. Having peace in your heart. So slip up your hand right now if that's you. And you say, Pastor, would you just, would you pray with me? Yes. Anybody else? Yes. Slip up your hand and say, Pastor, would you just pray with me today that I can leave here with peace in my heart, surrounded by the loving kindness of Jesus Christ. Anybody else? Slip up your hand and I'll pray with you this morning. If you raised your hand, I want you to pray with me right now. The Bible says that it's with our mouth that we confess. In our heart we believe, with our mouth we confess. And so I'm going to lead you in a very simple prayer. And I want you to pray this prayer with your mouth and I want you to believe it in your heart. And the Bible says that when we do that, when we confess our sins, that He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And that's what He's going to do today. So if you raise your hand, you pray this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I confess my sins to you. I admit that I'm a sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ died for me. And I confess my sins to you and I ask you to come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Come in and take residence in my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. Guide me, lead me, direct me. And help me, God, to follow you in obedience all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, Father, I pray for those this morning that prayed that prayer. I ask that God right now you would do a work by the power of the Holy Spirit, that, God, you would seal that commitment, that, Father, the Holy Spirit would be the guarantee in their life, that their sins are forgiven, that their life has been changed, and that they are a new creation in Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, for doing that in Jesus' name. Now, would everybody, would you please stand to your feet this morning?